Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me on this Sunday afternoon is when I record this, but uh, it's kind of a special edition, if you will. It's a conversation that Haydad and I had on the radio show uh, on Friday, where, as you guys probably saw the news, uh, 24-7's Brandon Marcello broke it, that the vote that's coming this week at SEC meetings to go from eight conference games in a one-plus-seven model, so the one permanent opponent plus seven rotating, or to go to nine conference games in the three-plus-six model, three permanent, six rotating. Divisions are gone regardless, but they are down to those Two options, and apparently there's momentum to keep it at eight, led by Nick Saban. Ole Miss is obviously mentioned in the story. He calls them, uh, describes them as on the fence, uh, was how he described it. I'd be willing to bet a lot, like semi-educated guess at Ole Miss is waiting uh, to know how much more money will come from ESPN slash Disney before they make their decision. But here's the issue. That money, they, they may not know. Uh, by the time the vote happens, there's a possibility also that the can gets kicked down the road here and they do eight conference games in the one plus seven for a couple of years and then maybe tried nine later. It's uh, a pretty interesting story. And I thought this was a good conversation. Now, you got to know that this is radio segments cut up. So it's, you know, the ins and outs I had to cut out because music and copyright and licensing and all that crap. So it's going to be a little bit choppy, like there's going to be 10 minutes, and then it's going to kind of cut off and then start again. And then anyway, but it's three radio segments mashed together for you. But I think it's a good conversation where we lay out the story, the pros and cons to each one, and then also an interview with Brandon Marcello. Uh, I'll put that in here as well, the guy that actually wrote the story and what he thinks and and things like that. So I really enjoyed having this conversation, and uh, I'm going to hopefully enjoy bringing you this conversation as well. So here you go. Uh, hey, Dad and I talking about that for uh, an extra episode this week. The live stream will be tomorrow because we're not going to get the baseball bracket today. There's no reason to do a live chat before they do the bracket. I'll do it tomorrow night. I know it's Memorial Day, but still, I will uh, I will do that uh, tomorrow night instead of uh, today. So that will be put here in this feed as well. So Appreciate you checking it out, Uh, and before we get into the actual conversation, please follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y, and if you're listening to this in-browser on the website, don't do that. Check out uh, this podcast wherever you get them. Just search Rebel Report, subscribe, leave a rating, and a review. And the podcast, by the way, is brought to you by Vantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you are in the market for office technology and you are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi. You or your business are anywhere in Mississippi and you need tech in your office. Anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to uh, phone systems and cloud storage and data security. If it's tech, if it's in the office and you need it, check them out, absms.com and tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. Again, Advantage Business Systems, absms.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority with 16 locations across the state of Mississippi. Their online banking is a one-stop shop. You don't need multiple apps to do everything to manage and handle your money with Priority One Bank's online banking. Again, 16 locations across the state of Mississippi. Priority One Bank. Use them like I do and let them make you their 
priority. All right, here's that conversation now. The vote's happening this week at the end of this week, so it'll be Thursday where we'll know for sure. But here's Haydad and I from the radio show talking about uh, that news and the upcoming vote at SEC meetings on the conference schedule size. Here that is now. Thank you guys for tuning in. It'll end with the Marcelo interview, and uh, I'll talk to you guys again with the live chat uh, tomorrow night. Point, though, big, I say big, potentially big SEC news. The spring meetings are happening this coming week, Tuesday through Friday, where all the coaches and all the ADs go to Destin, uh, but not for vacation. They don't have the family. They're not hanging out at the Florabama. Well, maybe Lane Kiffin will grab a guitar and go down to the Florabama, but this is a productive week. SEC Media Days is more content week. Everybody's in the same place, so we can just talk about football and just the quarterbacks are here and schedules and all that stuff, and everybody's all the media's in one place. The stuff gets done this coming week in Destin. This is where all the votes happen and all the rule changes happen and things like that. Apparently this week, this coming week, in Destin for the spring meetings, what was thought for a while as a formality is not so much a formality anymore. Reading from Marcelo at 24-7 Sports, SEC administrators hoping for a smooth transition to an expanded nine-game conference schedule may face a stiff breeze of opposition next week on the beaches of Florida when spring meetings begin. Oh, I said Destin. It's Miramar. I guess it's a little bit different, but kind of the, the same thing. In that area. Down, you know, down there. Where, down there. That's not, not where Top Gun is. but This is where it gets interesting. And we'll talk about 8 or 9 and stuff here in a second. But the reason why 8 is gaining momentum is fascinating. Alabama is on the verge of a surprising endorsement for remaining at eight conference games after Nick Saban voiced frustration with the SEC's three proposed permanent rivals for the Crimson Tide. Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee would be theirs. Should the league expand to nine games? Should the program follow Saban's battle cry, the Tide would join forces with at least four schools in opposition to the proposal for a nine-game schedule beginning, obviously, in 2024. Administrators from all 16 schools, Texas and Oklahoma, will be there. They'll get to talk to people, but they don't have a vote. So they'll be there, they'll be present, but they will not actually get to vote on one of the two models. As you guys know, remaining at eight games, but no more divisions, one permanent opponent, seven rotating. Ole Miss and Mississippi State would obviously get each other. But the other seven games would be on a rotating basis across the league. And the other, a nine-game model, three plus six. Three permanent opponents, six rotating. Ole Miss and Mississippi State would obviously get each other. It was rumored that State would get Texas A&M. And I forget the other one that was Kentucky. Kentucky. Keeping Kentucky. And And then then Ole Miss Miss would get State, LSU, and, and Vanderbilt. But then that changed to Arkansas because Auburn raised all kinds of hell because they were going to get Alabama and Georgia. Alabama and, and so Georgia. they found it that unfair. It That's a fair complaint. It's a fair complaint. The rumor, there's a rumor that if they do the 3-6, that Alabama wants state. And now you've got me, I cannot possibly object enough. <laughs> got to have the eight-game schedule if that's the case. I want the Alabama list schedule just once in my life. So let's pause here for now, because there. Th- this is a, a detailed story from Marcel, and I'm glad he's joining us today, because uh, th- there's just a lot here to unpack, but let's stop there. 
Nick Saban. Remember, Nick Saban, the guy that spent years during what we can call Alabama's prime, screaming about expanding the conference schedule, screaming about how, I'd love to play 12 Power 5 teams every year, now is vocally advocating to keep it at 8 because his teams are too hard. Think about that. What a dramatic change in mindset and mentality from somebody that was so vocal that the schedules aren't tough enough. That we need more, we need more, we need more, and now they're about to give you more, and you cry because it's too hard. What a twist that is in this story. It's kind of surprising, a little surprising. Because, I mean, again, when you're Alabama, you know, what, what hurts Alabama is this. Like three years ago, they wouldn't have made a big stink about it. Now Tennessee's good again. That's the issue. That's, yep. the, that's the whole issue here is that Tennessee is good again. They would have been perfectly okay with Butch Jones, Derek Dooley, Tennessee, but they are not going to be okay with Josh Heupel all of a sudden winning 10 games a year, Tennessee. You know, and, and at the end of the day, they have kind, they kind of have a point. They kind of have a point. You know, I mean, I know Alabama's the best team, and they, you know, they're going to have to play. Everybody they play is technically worse than them other than Georgia. But my goodness, everybody gets a break, but not them. I get where they're coming from, too. The other thing I've said is that there's these these Power 5 games that the SEC has already scheduled in. State's scheduled out to like 2032 with some of these games. Yeah, hold that thought, because we're, we're going to get to that here in a little bit. A lot of money you're going to have to give up. A lot of money you're going to have to give up if you, if you don't do this. Yeah. So the next layer... So Nick Saban is now crying against it, but Marcelo reported that there are at least four other schools against expanding. It's an interesting list. We'll tell you who's on it when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi and the Pearl River. So a couple of your messages, uh, Alabama already has future home-and-home games with Wisconsin, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Florida State, and Notre Dame. Good, because their coach wanted that to be the case. So then if you want that, it's like it's like my three-year-old. That's how Nick Saban is right now. My three-year-old will ask for things, and when he gets them, is disappointed at them because he's three. And his mind is just all over the place, and he'll ask me to go outside. I'll take him outside, and it's hot, and he wants to go inside. It's like, James, I told you it's hot out. And, but that's how his mind operates because he's a toddler. Nick Saban begged for difficult schedules. Now he's getting it and doesn't want it anymore. It's like my toddler that wants to go outside when it's hot. It's hot outside. Daddy, I want to go outside. Okay, let's go. Goes outside, it's hot, wants to go back inside. I get it. Yeah, I, I do. Lee says most of the ADs in Coaches do have their families with that in Destin. It's kind of a working vacation. Yeah, I hear you. But there's actual work being done there, I guess, is uh, what I should have said. Lee also says, only going to nine if ESPN pays more money for the extra SEC game. If not, good chance they stay at eight. And yeah, he points out that ESPN isn't a cost-cutting wave. They are. But the only thing that's valuable is the live games anymore. So, you know kind of bounces themselves out. So there's momentum against expanding the nine conference games. 
Nick Saban apparently in Alabama are joining a list of at least four that are against it. Here are those four teams. Arkansas, Kentucky, South Carolina, and Mississippi State. According to Brandon Marcello, are against at least those. There might be more, but at least those are against the schedule expansion. Uh, your thoughts, first of all. Makes sense for Mississippi State to be to be against it. It, 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 it. it goes with everything I've been saying for the past few months, that you, know, you want to continue to go to postseason games. You want to continue to try to be ranked. You want to continue to have eight, nine-win seasons. The eight-game the eight conference uh, schedule is the easiest path to that. It's the path of least resistance. The name I'm surprised isn't in there is Auburn. You would think they would be doing everything they could to not have Alabama and Georgia on their schedule every year. I understand how important the Deep South's oldest rivalry is to them, and you can certainly you'll, you'll be able to renew it every four or five years. But I would I would if I can't I can't fathom Auburn looking at that and going, yeah, we definitely want to play Alabama Georgia every year on top of another team that you know they may they may get Vanderbilt, but what if they don't? Yeah. And for what it's worth, both models, as we've been talking about for like two and a half years, there are still publications like On3 that are doing the, here's what the divisions will look like when Texas and Oklahoma join. There will be no divisions. Divisions are gone. No divisions. This is the last year of the SEC East and the SEC West in football. It is gone after this season. So enjoy it while it lasts. Or don't, because it's going to be more enjoyable when when we move on. But either way. Yeah, where I fall on this, because we've talked about this before, but now that it's coming to a vote, which, by the way, we will know by Friday, likely by Thursday of next week, what the mm. answer is going to be. Because yeah. uh, the Thursday vote is the official vote. The Friday vote is the chancellor's, and that's a formality. They'll do whatever the ADs tell them to do uh, when it comes to stuff like this. It, it, they'll just sign off right. on it. But if they are going to go to nine SEC games but eliminate the Power 5 requirement – I think you might as well keep it at eight. That that is where I have decided. You might, if you're going to eliminate that requirement, you might as well keep it at eight because, for me as a fan, I want as many good games as possible. Just as a fan, I want as many good games as possible. But I like the fact again that Arizona is coming to Mississippi State this year. That's interesting to me. I'm curious about. It. I like that. The, the the trip to Minnesota later on down the road. That, that's interesting. That's that's fun, uh, yeah, yeah. Ole Miss and Southern Cal. I mean, that's big time. That, that's those kind of games are are fun and interesting and awesome. I would rather have eight plus that one interesting awesome game, to where there's nine interesting games and three against directional U, as opposed to nine SEC games and three against directional U. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we're still going to have those three garbage games. And yes, you're still Georgia, Georgia nine Tech power exists. five games. Right. Yeah. So if that's the rub, keep it at eight because I'd rather see these non-conference games happen as opposed to eliminating like them I for said, most of the league. Yeah, you know, state's about to have a, a, a lot more money, so you know everybody in the SEC is because the, you know, the when the, all this goes on, the uh, the the money's going to go up from the from the SEC. You know, go up quite a bit. But let's say that they go into 2024 and they're like, all right, we're going nine conference games. We don't have a Power 5 requirement. All right, so State's going to have to buy out two games with Arizona State, two games with Minnesota, two games with Texas Tech, and two games with Washington State. That's going to be pricey. That's yeah. going to be 
10, 12 million dollars, probably. And if not, you're one you know, of those schools, you're not, I wouldn't agree to it. I would make you play me. I mean, or you're going to have come up with a punitive buyout, one of the yeah. two. You know, because those schools, especially, you think about like Arizona State and the flux that the Pac 12 is in right now. Same with Washington State. Think about the Big 12, you know, the Big 12 is losing, going to be losing money because Texas and Oklahoma are going away. Do you think the Big 12 schools are going to be happy about doing business with SEC schools? No, they're going to, they're going to squeeze them for everything they're worth. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something to consider. And I mean, that's just Mississippi State. I, I, we've talked about it before. What the, you know, what does Ole Miss's future schedule look like? It's, it's got, it's very similar. It's very, you know, it's, it's got a lot of teams already done up. Again, again, if we go to 2024, you got to buy out, uh, Wake Forest, USC, BYU, Oregon State, uh, Purdue, and Virginia Tech. You have to because because I don't think Ole Miss wants to play ten Power Five games a year. I don't think Mississippi State wants to play ten Power Five games a year. So you're going to buy those out. That's going to be a chunk of change. Yeah. Uh, reading from the story again from Marcelo, who again will join us here in about uh, forty minutes from right now. Uh, he said each proposal has its share of problems. The eight game model does not protect some rivalry games like Auburn, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, and Florida, Tennessee. Or Texas, Texas A&M. When the Longhorns joined the SEC, the three-game model will ensure all of those games remain on the schedule every season. That is a downside. Meanwhile, though, on the nine-game proposal, which Haydad mentioned before, you've got a ton. Actually, only four teams in the SEC would be able to clear their or would be able to schedule out nine conference games moving forward: Auburn, LSU, and Texas and Oklahoma. Everybody else has non-conference games scheduled, booked, and everything until at least 2026 before they could do this. Goodness, when when you look at Alabama, they've got some years where they've got two. Looking ahead to next year, they have to buy out Wisconsin. Then in 2025, they play Wisconsin and Florida State in the same year. Then it's Florida State in 26. 27, it's West Virginia and Ohio State. 28, it's Oklahoma State. 29, it's Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. 30, it's Georgia Tech and Notre Dame. 31, it's Georgia Tech and Boston College. 32, it's Arizona and Minnesota. Same in 33. 34 is Virginia Tech and Boston College, and then Virginia Tech and 35. That's at least $20 million bucks. I, I just That's at Probably least $20 more. million in buyouts. Probably more. Ohio State's not going to be like, yeah, sure. Let's yeah, just no you know, whatever we got to do to get you out of this. They want that game. They want Alabama to come to their stadium. Absolutely they do. There are... Up to 38 non-conference games that would have to be canceled. 38. And I saw Andy Staples, who I I like and respect a lot earlier, say that that would be short-sighted to do this for the sake of non-conference games. But you've got to look at a place like an Ole Miss. Yeah, Georgia can afford it. Sure they can. But what do you think USC would would say to cancel these games, you've got to pay this to Ole Miss. And would they be able to afford it? Because not every school, like Ole Miss and Mississippi State have a lot of money. The athletic departments have a lot of money, but they spend a lot of money. Yeah. Because of coaching I mean, salaries, especially, another... Ole Miss's budget is really tight up against what they make. They can't just start paying buyouts for these games if the, if the schools that they schedule are playing hardball. They, they can't play that. They can't do that. It's not as simple as, oh, just cancel them. 
There are teams I mean, on the it's fence. It's going to be it's going to be a big paycheck to cut for once for somebody. There are some teams on the fence. We'll tell you who that is when we come back. It's claiming that the SEC's expansion into nine conference games is not a done deal. You've got four, maybe five teams that are hard nose, and then a few more that are on the fence. Want to keep it at eight? Here those are: Auburn, Tennessee. And Ole Miss reportedly on the fence, and Vanderbilt has been industry silent on uh, what they want to do here. You can't get anything out of Vanderbilt. Coaches' salaries, nothing. Or um, competitive teams, mostly. But um, that wasn't very nice. I like Clark Lee a lot. But uh, for a place like an Ole Miss or a Mississippi State, who are at best on the fence... State reportedly is a no. Ole Miss reportedly is on the fence. Because I've seen some of the reaction where people are denouncing the argument of, well, these schools want to make it easier to make the playoff. And the response is from the aforementioned Andy Staples, what, like the SEC is going to have a hard time getting into the playoff? Well, no. Alabama won't. Georgia won't. LSU won't. Ole Miss and Mississippi State would. So far, in the playoff era, what was it, 19 seasons? Ole Miss and Mississippi State would have had three teams combined. So, nine for Ole Miss, nine for State. No, 16. In the BCS era. I'm talking about the playoff era, starting in 2014. Okay, I see what you're saying then. 19 teams, not 19 seasons. No way, that's not right. No, I'm saying it correctly. The playoff error. I'm saying the playoff error has only been. Why were you? But, how but are you with the two teams correctly? combined, Ole Miss and Mississippi State combined, have had right. eighteen seasons. Okay. And would have okay. made the playoff three okay. times combined. Right. Yes, that is correct. So, if you're them, you want it to be as easy as possible if that's your ultimate goal. Because Ole Miss and Mississippi State not only don't win that many games very often, they also won't get the benefit of the doubt either. A three-loss Alabama team would have a better chance, more respect, whatever, than a three-loss Ole Miss or Mississippi State team. You want to bet? You you want to let a committee decide between a three-loss Ole Miss team and a three-loss Alabama team? You want, you want to bet who's going to get the nod? So if you're Keith Carter, if you're Zach Selman, if you're Lane Kiffin, who I, I maybe he has a say, I don't think he does. You want the easier path if the goal is to make the playoff. Because I don't buy the argument that it doesn't make a difference for a school like the two we have in this state. I really don't buy that. Now, would it be better for fans and season ticket packages that continue to go up in price to have more attractive games on it? Sure. But would it be easier to have one less difficult game on your schedule to pile up wins to make the playoff? Yes. So I don't think the the answer or the vote is as easy as some people make it out to be for those kind of programs in the SEC. Good, but not great. Arkansas is another one. When would have Arkansas made the playoff 
when? When would they have made a play a twelve team playoff? In this in this in this era, they would not have. Wouldn't They'd have never had a. Oh, I guess. Were they eight? Were they they were eight and four and finished nine and four? It's Pittman's second year. Is that right? So that would that would have been a no. Well, I just mean, I want to be sure about that. If they were nine and three, I need let me double check here. But but not every yeah, nine and three and would make and finish it. nine and four. Not every nine and three, but you'd have a chance if you were Arkansas. You'd be in the discussion. But obviously, the rest, you know, this, this the playoff era has not been particularly kind to Arkansas. Question on the text line: Everybody wants the easiest path. Why would the haves want to change anything? Because they have more margin for error. Georgia's yeah, fine expanding to nine. I mean, look at their roster; they don't care. Well, yeah. And they don't care about expanding the playoff. They know they're going to make it. Yeah. They know they're going to be in a 12. I mean, they're already in the 14 playoff every year. Why would they worry about being in the uh, 12 team? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, looking through this now. So in the playoff era, Auburn would have made it once. I think. One time. Yeah, it would have been, yeah, they would have made it in 2017 when they won the West. Auburn. Auburn, one time. In, since 2014. Yeah. Would have made it one time. LSU, since 2014. No... They had, oh, they had a game canceled that year because of the hurricane, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah. so they were only they only finished nine and three. The twenty fifteen, maybe twenty eighteen, yes. Obviously twenty nineteen, and then last year they would have been in. So they've made four LSU. Yeah. So e- even those programs aren't doing it on an annual basis. I just it depends on what you want, and and I'll put a poll out there as well for fans because. Not every fan, not every Ole Miss and State fan I know wants a more difficult schedule. Not all of them. Me, where I sit, I'd love to have every week matter more. But I know Ole Miss fans that are like, no, let me win games. If Middle Tennessee comes to Oxford, I'll still go. Fewer people will go, but I'll still go. And I'll watch the team win, and that'll be great. And then I'll go to the Grove afterwards and pour a whiskey and enjoy a win. There are people that feel that way. And so I... Yeah, I really like and respect guys like Andy, but I, I think that they don't exactly have their finger on the pulse of the the fans around here as much as the people at Georgia who know they're going to win a bunch of games regardless. I just don't think it's as easy for Keith Carter and Zach Selman. I, I have a feeling that, that Ole Miss being on the fence as opposed to State being a hard no is Keith wants to find out how much more money. And he'll do a cost-benefit analysis on, okay, the schedule's going to be tougher, but it's $10 million more a year. Can't say no to that. Well, that makes sense. But if it's $4 million more a year, is it worth it? May not be. At least right now. May not be at least right now. Dave says, how many Division I football conferences are there? It's 10, right? Power 5 and Group of 5. It's 10. Power Power five and group of five, yeah. Uh, until every conference champion has the opportunity to play in the playoff. Oh, come on. Come it's on. bogus. We're not putting the, the, the champion of the MAC unless they're undefeated, you know, and they, they've shown that they right. Come on. Let's, let's be smart. If you, yeah, you, you can't. You can't do that. Yeah, I got yeah. Putting the highest ranked group of five team, love it, all for it. Yeah. And if there's a second 
high. I mean, if there's, you know, you get a year where there's really two good ones. You get a year where, like, you had a few years back with, like, Boise's undefeated. And I think somebody, else, like, maybe it was BYU. Was, Cincinnati was, like, made the playoff. 11 and 1. Yeah, fine. Put them in there if they deserve to be in there. But to sit there and say, oh, they won the, uh, you know they 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 won the AAC, so they have to be in at you know an eight and four Memphis team. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna get behind that. Yeah, like the Mountain West champion, whoever that may be. The twelve team model right. though does allow right. access. I mean, for, for Southern Miss, for example, yeah. Southern Miss has had no legitimate access to the playoff. Again, I say this all the time. Cincinnati had to go undefeated. Two consecutive years before they got a shot at the playoff. There's been no access for the group of five. Now there is. Got to have a special season. You don't even have to go undefeated. You can really only afford to lose one game. But the the access exists for a Southern Miss now. It's not the playoff era. I don't. I mean, I don't remember who was ranked what. But I wonder if that 2011 Southern Miss team was the highest ranked group of five team. You know, they were what coming out of the conference USA championship game, they were eleven and two. Yeah. They might they might have been in the mix there. I don't I don't I said I have to go back and look at the polls. It would depend on the polls, yeah. A uh, follow up from yeah. Dave says then with that thought process, then we should do away with the basketball tournament the way it is and the baseball tournament the way it is. Here here's the difference though. That that is apples to oranges. You can play so four baseball on. games in a weekend. You can't play four football games in a weekend. Uh, the, the physical toll that that would to, to do a sixty-eight team that, football just, tournament, the physical toll would be catastrophic to these guys. Can't do it. And on top of that, we just we just know. I mean, just have to apply some common sense that in baseball, mid-majors beat big schools every week. But how often does it happen in football? And when I, I mean, how often does it happen? Once, you know, maybe five times a season. Yet App State beat Texas A&M last year. What else happened? Who else? What, what are the other big upsets? There's one. So it's not you know it's not representative. And that was an A and M team that went five and seven. wasn't like it was a good one, either. Yeah. Excellent reporting from Brandon Marcello. Uh, we spent the first hour talking about it, the scheduling stuff coming to a vote next week. So we might as well talk to the guy that did it. Brandon, thank you so much for your time on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Let's just start here. Very detailed, really good reporting from you. Uh, Let me start with a question, though. Were you surprised that Nick Saban, of all people, knowing his history of begging for more difficult schedules, is now championing keeping it at eight? I think he's uh, posturing a little bit uh, to maybe bend the SEC to his will and that he just does not like the idea of having to play uh, LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee every single season, every year. The problem is there's really not much room to maneuver with that. And if you ask him to drop LSU off the schedule – that's probably a no-go because that's one of the biggest games of the year. Same with Tennessee, obviously. That's a historic rivalry game, and they're not touching the Iron Bowl. It's just I think Nick Saban is, you know, I hate to say whining, but he tends to do this. He finds something to kind of get on every spring meetings, and for now this is it. I, what's going to be interesting is what's the tenor of that meeting room like when the coaches enter there? This week, and do they kind of side with Saban and go, you know what? Finally, we got a big boy program saying, 
hey, we don't want this nine-game schedule. Maybe we can convince others to come back around to the eight-game schedule. That, that's maybe some of the thinking there. Um, but, you know, in the end, it just makes so much more sense to go to nine games. But the fact that Saban's leaving that door open and, for that matter, has convinced Greg Byrne, his athletics director, to be more open about it going into their meetings, uh, that's substantial. How much of this, Brandon, is, you know, two or three years ago, I don't think Saban has as big an issue with it. But now that Tennessee is good again and looks like they're going to be good for a while, how much is that playing into this? Uh, I think it's interesting because, I mean, Saban, he talked to him like three, four years ago. He liked 10 game schedules, <laughs> you know, in the SEC, yeah. let alone nine game schedules. Um, I also think that they've also toughened up their non-conference schedule in the future going forward, almost like a farewell tour that they have put together for Nick Saban with the likes of West Virginia on there, Ohio State, you know, playing two Power Five opponents in the non-conference schedule, you know, several times coming up. I think by far Alabama and Florida have the toughest non-conference schedules in the future of the SEC, whether it's an eight-game schedule or nine-game conference schedule um and i think that maybe that's changed his thinking a little bit too because then like these games have been scheduled out for the last several years things have have changed quite a bit um you know you're talking about alabama playing two power five opponents in a non-conference schedule every year between 2024 and 2034 that's that's really an insane pull there um, for as many jokes as Alabama's gotten in the past about playing an FCS opponent the week before the Iron Bowl or whatever, they still have one of the toughest schedules in all of college football. And for that matter, it's about to get tougher. And then, you know, there's that financial aspect of this too, Brandon, because they're going to have to buy out some of these Power 5 games. I assume, I assume they will not keep a, a 10th Power 5 game, especially schools like Mississippi State, Ole Miss. How much money does it take on average if you want to buy somebody out at this late juncture? Say somebody like from Mississippi State, Arizona State, and you know the next two seasons. It's very difficult, you know, and it, it depends on the contract. Every contract is different across the country, you know. But most of these buyouts are in the you know six figures, obviously approaching maybe the full buyout of a game's value, which is like usually like a million, million and a half dollars. And if you're sitting there like, say, Missouri, which actually supports the nine-game schedule, they have the most non-conference games scheduled out throughout the next you know, decade plus. They've got eight non-conference games that they would have to move or straight-up cancel, most likely cancel. And you're talking easily you know, several million dollars, if not approaching close to you know, seven or eight million dollars, if they have to pay the full buyout worth of those contracts. Of course, there's maneuvering to be had there. You're probably not going to want to cancel the bigger games, some of the Power 5 games you've got on your schedule. Maybe you could just go cancel your FCS game or your lower-tier Group of 5 game, which will have a lower buyout usually. But we're talking you know, across the SEC with 38 games, you're easily talking about probably at least $15 million total off the top of my head. And you would hope if you're an SEC team that you counter that and more with extra money that ESPN is going to pay the SEC. But that's the other issue with all this. Based off my reporting, the SEC has not had a final number presented to them by ESPN of, hey, here's what we'll pay to you for this extra inventory provided with these 
extra conference games starting in 2024. And at the very least, athletic directors and administrators across the SEC have not heard what that is. They're hoping to hear final numbers when they meet in Destin next week. Um, and, you know, a lot of these schools, especially Kentucky, have been using that as ammunition in their fight against going to nine games, going, well, you don't even know what we're going to get paid for this. We're not committing to this unless we know the final details. And for that matter, if ESPN is going to lowball us, then we're not going to play ball. And that's a big concern right now, considering the media industry as it is right now. ESPN is cutting back on, on, on payouts right now. They've got to prepare for other contract negotiations with the NBA coming up, F1, um, UFC. And then also, um, as I mentioned, Disney and ESPN, they are cutting back thousands of jobs. And, you know, they were in the running for the Pac-12 Tier 1 rights, but it's apparently pulled out of that because they're not all too interested in paying the type of money for that. So you're asking ESPN to give up more money to the SEC, which I'm sure in the end they would do, but are you actually going to get the full value of what you probably could get in a quote-unquote normal year? We're, we're in a very bad time in the media industry. Visiting with Brandon Marcel of 24-7 Sports. Uh, Brandon, you, you reported uh, that one of the teams that was uh, on the fence was Ole Miss. Uh, to your knowledge, is it as simple as they're waiting on that number before they come to an idea of where they would lean on this deal? And uh, part two of that question is, what does the vote have to be unanimous? Uh, what, what is the number that they have to get, the number of yeses, in order to, to pass a scheduling model one way or the other? Yeah, you know, first off, Auburn, Ole Miss, and Tennessee are kind of sitting in the, on the fence there. I, I think Auburn will go one way or the other no matter what. Tennessee is a bit unpredictable at the moment, but I think they are leaning toward nine because they obviously want to continue playing Alabama. I think Ole Miss for a while had been leaning toward eight, but is a little bit more open to the nine <clears throat> game schedule idea. But I think all three of those are kind of coin flips. They'll just side with whatever the majority is. And when it comes to voting time, if they'd say, hey, we got to vote this week, which is what everybody's expecting, all the administrators are expecting next week, all they need is a majority of votes. So, but the problem is, is the SEC historically, and you've heard this all before, heck, uh, remember when Texas and OU was joining the conference two years ago, they want a unanimous vote. They didn't want Texas A&M being the lone dissenter. Um, even if they were voicing it in the room, they would always have to say, listen, we got to make this unanimous, so it's going to pass. You might as well vote yes. So that's what will happen with this, whether it's an eight-game or nine-game situation. And remember, they'll need to have a vote either way because even if they do stick with eight games, they're going to change the whole model. They're going to go with that one permanent rival and seven rotating uh, uh, teams and also abolish the, the divisions. So there's a lot of stuff they got to work through with all this. And if they were to delay a vote once again this, this spring, obviously they'd have to get something done, I think, this summer. But that would just show you that, again, that this is moving maybe more and more toward them sticking with an eight-game model and perhaps kicking the can down the road. I don't think this would kill the nine-game idea, but I do think it would delay it at least two years. And that might be the smart thing to do. Talking to several ADs across the SEC, that's something that was pitched to me about maybe we just hold off on this for a couple of years. We go with the eight-game model. This buys us some time to play some of these non-conference games we've already scheduled for the first two years. And it also provides us more time to see how the college football playoff shakes out in those first two years and how just strong our schedule is and how it fits into the playoff and whether we're getting as many teams into that 12-team playoff as we hope with an eight-game schedule 
or maybe we'd be better fit with a nine-game schedule starting in 2026. We got 60 seconds, Brandon. When we talk about this next week, what are we talking about? Eight game, night game, or will they kick the can down the road? Your prediction? I I, I don't know. I, if cool if Hill's heads prevail and they're smart about, it, they'll go nine games. They should have said nine games last year. Um, Texas and OU have been on get on board with nine games the entire time. Seven schools right now are firmly in the nine game camp, and they could easily go to eight or nine, and then you have a majority. Um, and if there's a majority, then you just vote for it and go with nine games. Pay the payouts. Cancel those other non-conference games that you have to. They can afford it. They'll get enough money from ESPN. Everybody will be happy. And in the long run, it'll help the SEC. They should go with nine games. Vote on it next week. Brandon, excellent reporting. Thank you. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.